Welcome back to the Nick Broadhurst Show. I'm your host, Nick Broadhurst, and you can check out all of my work at www.iamnickbroadhurst.com, including all of my music, my podcast episodes, music videos, social media, everything that I do is on my website. And no matter where you listen to music, whether it's on YouTube or Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Google, just search for my artist name and you can check out all of my tunes. And that song you're listening to is a remix of my latest single, Open Wide. And that was remixed by the British artist, Etherglow. And you can check out that full song at iamnickbroadhurst.com forward slash open wide. This episode is based on a true story where movies follow extraordinary stories. The following story, however, about Tim and Kirsty is in fact very common. As soon as I opened the door, I knew something was wrong. The tear-soaked words slowly dripped out of her mouth. Tim has been having an affair. This was going to be a long couch session. And not because I needed to hear the whole story, but because I knew exactly in that instant what needed to be said and how long it would take to shift Kirsty's energy back to her ultimate truth and see the other side. Over the next hour, a detailed but incredibly simple roadmap unfolded for Kirsty. Gone were the tears, replaced with optimism for a brighter and lighter future for Kirsty and her husband. Yet as Kirsty left my apartment, I couldn't shake one question. Why didn't they know this already? I mean, It was so simple to me, so obvious, maybe because I have been there too. But where along the way did they forget these fundamental laws that govern not only their relationship but everything in the universe? And if I'm totally honest, I knew that despite seeing the light, so to speak, Kirsty and Tim would most likely see some tough times in the coming weeks and months. That is the human condition, to forget what we already know. We remember, we forget. We remember, we forget. But before we go there, let's start with me. After all, who am I, having been divorced and remarried, to talk about love? Well, that's just the thing. I am part of the 50% plus statistic of so-called failed marriages, and I put air commas around the word failed. So I can speak from experience because I can see how this played out for me and how I contributed to that marriage ending, and the eventual suffering that I went through as a result. The big difference here, however, for Kirsty and Tim, is that this is not supposed to be the end for them. It's just the beginning. Their life together was born out of true love. I have seen it unfold. I have seen the all too common patterns emerge, moving them away from each other day after day, away from unity. My story was quite the opposite. Born completely out of fear, my first marriage was the product of my own denial of self. I was following the perceived life script that many men, like me, are told to follow. Following the path of fear, not love. But what does that mean? I used marriage to cover up the things I refused to see within myself. It was a distraction from doing the real work that I am here to do. But I would not change a single thing. I love who I am. I love how I got to be who I am today. I'm proud of the man that I am and the lessons that I learned along the way. 
After Kirsty left my house, I realised that if I could just capture the essence of that hour of power on the couch, then maybe, maybe they could hear this and they could always be reminded of the lessons and the inspiration they felt in the moment when we spoke, but also that this could potentially support many other couples around the world. Now, this episode could have easily been called How to Save and Protect Your Relationship, but you don't have to experience infidelity in order for this information to resonate. Kirsty started our conversation by wanting to explain in detail everything that she had just uncovered about Tim and the sex that he had been having with another woman. After 20 minutes of hearing the story, I asked her to stop. The details do not matter, just the cause. There are always opposites at play, cause and effect, yin and yang, dark and light. So I asked her two simple questions about the two S's that the feminine, not the woman, note that I say feminine, the feminine craves, sex and security. Kirsty, when was the last time you and Tim made love? Um, I don't know, not for a while. Ages, actually. How long, Kirsty? Please be specific. Don't hide from such a simple, simple truth. I can't say I'm too embarrassed. Go on. Take a wild guess. Oh, okay, maybe 18 months? Right, okay, so how many times since Jimmy was born? I can probably count it on one hand. This time the silence was from me, because Jimmy was four. That's an average of maybe once a year. Yet I had the strange feeling that she was exaggerating, that perhaps four or five times was possibly generous. Time for question number two. Okay, now tell me, how would you rate Tim as a provider? Financially, how stable does he make you feel? Well, he does really well at work, and and so do I. Our careers, they're really everything to us. We're very stable. We have a great life financially. Right, okay, so how much time do you have together, just the two of you, whether it's a romantic dinner or just maybe some time in bed each night just to chat? (laughs) Are you serious? I hardly ever see him. We both work so hard. And when I do see him, I am seriously so tired. I'm tired all the time. It's hard managing two careers and our little boy. We just try and really, to be honest, just get through each day. And there you have it. One of the root causes of most dis-ease in any relationship. Now this may sound overly simplistic to say that it all comes down to sex. But usually, in any relationship, you can instantly see where the breakdown is occurring, either with their sex life or their security. Their sex life is just a surface symptom of much greater and deeper universal truths. What Tim and Kirsty had not been taught at school were the rules of the game. They've been so busy blaming each other, playing tit for tat, that they fail to see that their lives together are ultimately a 50-50 game. You can't escape balance. This is all there is. In all relationships, there is support and challenge. This is how we grow. Back to the story. Kirsty was now on a pretty emotional rant about Tim and the other woman, about how much she had suffered and the pain that he has caused her. Wait, Kirsty, wait, please stop. Has Tim not suffered? What? 
Are you serious? How can he have suffered? We've got everything. We've got a great life. We've got everything you could possibly ever want or need. How? You're saying he's suffered? Now, us humans tend to see one side of the story when we are emotionally charged. We have blinkers on. My job now in this conversation was to open her eyes to the other side because once you see the other side, the emotional charge dissolves. So I asked Kirsty, how open are you to Tim? Open? What do you mean, open? I mean in all ways, but for now let's focus on making love. How would you describe yourself as a lover? Um, well, I don't know. I'm just not that sexual. I just don't really believe it's very important. But you are a woman, right? And he is a man? Yes, obviously. And when you came together all those years ago, were you just mates or was there something else there? Well, there was passion, I guess. So you're saying that you used to make love? Yes, of course. And when you came together, you saw this beautiful life where you were just mates who shared a house and maybe some children. There was no passion in that vision anywhere. No, that's not what I saw at all. Right, so what changed? Kirsty pauses. She's digging deep. And she sees it. I did. How did you change? I lost interest in sex. When did this happen? After we conceived Jimmy, I think. Maybe even earlier. I don't know. We just both got so busy. Again, I ask you, Kirsty, how open are you to Tim? Not at all. Would you describe yourself as open or closed? Closed. How much affection do you give Tim? What do you mean? Come on. You know exactly what I mean. Hugging, kissing, touch. The basics. Very little? Do you give him any? Not really. Bingo. And there you have it. Kirsty is closed to Tim. Kirsty, through no fault of her own, because it is a 50-50 co-creation at play here, but just through circumstance and through the universe doing what it has to do to teach her the lessons she needs to learn, Kirsty has taken on a very masculine role in the house. She places most of her attention on her career. She's become completely disconnected from her true feminine essence, or as Melissa calls it, her god essence, that Tim loved so much when they met. The nurturing that every masculine craves has gone, the yin to his yang. And as you will soon see, Tim is a very passionate man, and rejecting Tim's passion is a rejection of his true self. Relationships without polarity become lost and dull. Without spark, there can be no unity. But this is only half of the story, of course. The next day, Tim and I catch up on the beach. At first, he's really embarrassed, but I reassure him that there's no judgment here. There is no right or wrong, and that we need to see through the social dogma of infidelity and see the other side to find the lesson here. Tim recounted his story. Again, after just five minutes, I stop him because all I'm hearing about is the other woman. Tim, how would you rate yourself as a provider? How do you contribute to the house financially? Come on, mate, you know me. I do really well, seriously. We do very well. We have everything. Do you really? You have everything? 
Yeah, I guess. What else do we need? Okay, let's talk about you for a minute. You see, I know you, and I remember years ago in your garage all the incredible creations you would make. I've never seen anyone transform timber into artwork like you used to do. What happened with that? I just, I don't know, I felt like it was a pipe dream and I just had to get a serious job, earn some serious money. So when my mate offered me a position to start at the bank that I work with now and work my way up, I just kind of felt like I had to take it. And how does that make you feel now, all these years later? Uh, Numb. Right. Now this is what I call the sedation of the masculine. For generations now, many men have marched off to work in a daze, dizzy with the daily grind, doing what they think is the right thing, working hard, being the provider. And yes, this is a very important masculine trait. Notice that I say masculine, not male. But the masculine does not have to be the breadwinner. He does not have to be the one who brings in all the money. The feminine falls in love with the mission as well as the man. With no mission, love and passion do not flourish. The masculine is the captain of the relationship. But right now, Tim has been numbed down to the point where he has no direction in life other than doing what he thinks is the right thing. And who can blame him? Tim's just playing out the model which he saw from his dad, a man who wanted to be a landscape architect but chose law instead. Okay, Tim, let's talk about Kirsty. When was the last time you gave Kirsty an orgasm? Are you kidding me? Man, I have no idea. She's got no interest. Nick, I'm a sexual man. I always have been. I used to find her so attractive and sexy, but she's just not interested. I still try. Like, I really, really try, but there's just never any opening with her. She's so close to me, and she uses her work as an excuse. She says she's always tired, and I know this sounds strange because I've been seeing another woman. And this other woman really, she's a beautiful person. Trust me, I feel for her in this situation too. I feel so bad. Seriously, I hate myself. I hate myself for this. But I find Kirsty so beautiful. She's all I really want, but she just doesn't want me. Seriously, like ever. She just does not want me. Bingo. Tim hasn't had the tools to know how to move through this. When you don't have the right tools, you resort to the most base path, the most animal path. It can be many things, like anger, for example, to try and force your partner to see your side of the story. Or it can be sex. Tim took his passion elsewhere. He found what he yearned for with Kirsty by having sex with another woman. The way Tim feels about himself now is how we can all feel when we turn away and deny our truth. Kirsty and Tim are missing one simple ingredient in what could be a magical recipe of love. There is no sex, no passion, no love. So often people share very openly with me their stories of infidelity. And there's always one thing missing, or sometimes both. It's either sex or it's security. And this can play out in many, many ways. Sometimes there may be great passion, but the masculine is not driving the ship. He has no purpose, no mission. And as a result, he doesn't provide stability, so his partner seeks the stability elsewhere, looking for a man who can give her all the things that her current partner lacks. She finds a man who works hard and spoils her, only to find herself locked into a polar paradigm where she has security, but no real passion, 
no sex, no time with her man. She was attracted to the things he could provide, but not him himself. And round and round we go. Or perhaps it's the story of the man whose wife tells him that his art is not a real job. So out of fear, he goes out and, like so many masculine, joins the ranks of sedated men who are just repeating the patterns they saw from their father and from their father's father. They provide security, but they lose sight of their own unique purpose and mission. But this time the wife, who has since a little girl always wanted to have a man who takes care of her, who comes home dressed in a suit and a tie, who provides the house, the cars, the private education, this time the feminine thinks she's on the path to having it all. And just the thought of attaining all these things keeps her going. But when she gets it, she's not happy. She can't put her finger on why she's still not happy. It must be her man. He must be the one to blame. She starts dressing differently, going out with her girlfriends, not coming home until the early hours of the morning. Then one night, she doesn't come home at all. The man who thought he was doing everything right for her lies in bed waiting with an aching heart. He's lost who he thought was his queen. He has no mission and is left with a shattered heart and a lost soul. But this feeling of being shattered, of being lost, this is the gold. Because what awaits him is a life with his future queen and a life of purpose, which he would never have found if she had not left him for another man. Infidelity doesn't mean you're always going to stay together. But there is gold here, whether you do stay together or not. There is so much gold. The signs are always there for us. They start small, and if we don't see them, if we don't listen to what the universe is whispering to us, the signs become bigger and bigger. The universe starts to scream at us until one day they can't be ignored. Do you know how generous the universe is? Do you know how much work the universe needs to do to move all these lives around? to turn them all upside down just so we can get our lesson? Infidelity is just that. It is the universe's way of orchestrating the perfect storm to wake you up, to make us see that it is always a 50-50 game. Now I want to make it clear that this is not about gender roles, it's about polarity. All relationships are unique, and all relationships can have their own version of polarity. The polarity is the force which generates attraction. Imagine I'm holding two magnets, one positive, which is the yang or the masculine, and one negative, which is the yin or the feminine. As I bring them together, what happens? They get close enough that they snap together. You know in the movies where the couple finally get together and they throw themselves with like almost violence into each other's arms? That is polarity. That is the negative and the positive snapping together. Let's now take Tim and Kirsty's story and look at them as magnets. Tim is the positive magnet, the masculine or the yang energy. Kirsty is the negative magnet, the yin or the feminine. Now, if I rotate Kirsty and now point her positive or her masculine towards Tim, what happens? No matter how hard you try to push them together, there is no attraction. Kirsty deep down wants to be a mother. When they first met, Tim was doing his art. She loved him and wanted a future with him, so subconsciously sought stability by starting to work harder and harder in her job. 
which was never really a passion for her. She fell into being a project manager in the real estate industry because she didn't really know what she wanted to do after university. But now it's become her life. Her son is in daycare, but deep down, she just wants to be at home with her boys. By the end of the conversation, she could see how her being close to Tim had contributed to him looking elsewhere. Gone was the anger. A bright light had been shone on the other side. The emotional charge that was dominating our couch conversation had dissolved into love and compassion for Tim. She could feel him now. She could feel all the times he came to her craving her touch, craving her love, craving to be nurtured, craving to serve his queen, his goddess. She could see all the times that she had shut him down and forced him to repress this most natural masculine trait of wanting to bring her into her body to experience God, love, oneness, whatever you want to call it. She could see that on her very doorstep, there was a man who could give her the ultimate gift and take her to places she never dreamt, if she could just open wide. Remember, nothing good comes from closing. Tim let go of the judgment he had towards himself. He felt like he could now breathe, that his secret was out. He could finally express all the things he so badly wanted to express to Kirsty. He could see how he had lost sight of his art and his mission, and how Kirsty had, in the early days of their relationship, taken on a masculine role and repressed her innate feminine qualities. He felt compassion and gratitude for her doing what she thought was right, stepping in with the masculine energy. He could see that her being quite hard-edged and literally wearing the pants was a symptom of having to suppress her femininity in order to survive in the masculine world of corporate real estate. Until we see the other side, it's hard to accept that in our romantic relationships it's always a 50-50 game that you are playing together. It's a co-creation. Unfortunately, Kirsty and Tim have been playing the game of life against each other, in opposition. They forgot they were teammates, and that you win when you join forces and you do the work together and on yourself. They've both been working really hard, working for 16 hours a day to suppress their truth. They both need to grieve now. Not grieve what happened in the past, but grieve that part of themselves which needs to die that part which has been keeping them stuck in the story of who they think they are. So now they can both move forward together and thrive together and unlock a new level of love together. The only way to reconcile the past is to return to the present. In this experience, there is a great gift. It's called growth. What awaits Tim and Kirsty is the potential for them to become who they really are. That is what being in relationship is all about. The challenge now will be for them to let go of the story, choose to see the other side and create a new story together. It won't be all rainbows and butterflies, because we're all human and pain is a necessary teacher, but pain only exists when we judge. Judgment turns that pain into suffering, and suffering is not essential for us to grow. It's a choice. Suffering is always a choice. Pain is a reminder that we're alive. Suffering is a reminder that we forgot who we are. Kirsty had so much anger towards Tim, and this, of course, was totally natural. We have to feel what we have to feel, but when she removed the judgment of Tim's infidelity, which is seen so harshly in society, what she saw was a man who was deeply hurting inside, crying out for his queen, crying out for his mission. 
she wanted to slip into being the victim, to being the one who has been wronged. But who here in this situation committed the greater crime? Who is right and who is wrong? Was it Tim sleeping with the other woman or was it Kirsty being closed and prioritising her career over her family? Both are symptoms of suppression of truth. How can we judge one person's suppression as greater than the other? How can we judge at all? Now there is a way for them to go, but the path is now wide open for them. Tim and Kirsty now see each other like never before. Tim has started doing one hour a day of his art. He feels like a totally new man. He even enjoys his job now because he has something to look forward to. And it's not just his art he looks forward to. He has a wife now. He has his queen who is available to him. Not just with her time, but with her heart. She's letting him back in. All it took was a touch of mission for the masculine and some softness for the femininity, for the polarity to be re-established, for them to snap back together. Kirsty has moved her work to part-time and now she can also spend time with her little boy each afternoon before Tim comes home. Gone are the days of Tim missing saying goodnight to Jimmy or Kirsty being too tired to connect with her king. There is space now for Kirsty to step into her god essence and for Tim to feel his truth and his mission and his passion coming back when he does his art. Kirsty can be the mother, the wife. She has time and space for them to talk about things that they've never talked about before. Ultimately, they've both learned how to open wide to each other. And as long as they stay open wide together, they grow together. Well, thank you again for joining me in this episode of The Nick Broadhurst Show. You can catch the full show notes and a transcript at iamnickbroadhurst.com forward slash 65. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button in your podcast app so that you get all the latest episodes of Broad New World. And please do me a favor. I would be so grateful if you could head into iTunes or Stitcher or any of your apps that you use and leave me an honest review. Tell me what you love. Tell me what you want more of. I am totally open and all ears and at your service. And if you can do me another favor, send this to someone who you feel is open to receiving this information. With 50% or more of all marriages ending in divorce, this podcast could support a lot of people. So please do share it and on your social media as well. But if you do share it on social media, please tag me at I am Nick Broadhurst so I can just say thank you for spreading the love. And remember today to look up, see the beauty around you, see the beauty within you, be gentle with yourself, be love, see the other side. There is always another side, always. If you're feeling emotionally charged about something, you are just not seeing the other side. Listen to your intuition. And as always, have a beautiful day. I love you heaps. Ciao.
And just before you go, just wanted to let you know that the information and views presented in this podcast are personal and for educational and entertainment purposes only. The information presented is not intended as a substitute for medical or professional advice. Please seek advice from a qualified medical practitioner before starting any new diet, health, or lifestyle practice. There you go. Catch you soon.